You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network as we come to you for the long-mentioned and promised Avengers Endgame spoiler review. That is right, it's been a couple of weeks since we did our spoiler-free review and Mallory actually didn't really spoiler anything, which is pretty good. But now, if you don't want to be spoiled, then don't listen to this episode because we're going to tell you right now that... Actually, I'm not going to tell you that right now. That Han Solo dies! And we are very excited to talk about that death and everything else that happens in between. And what is the biggest movie in the history of movies outside of Kill Phil? My name is Ben, and honestly, at that exact second, I thought you were a builder bear <laughs> And my name is Colin, and don't worry, Spider-Man Far From Home spoiled it first. It did, yes. I love how in that trailer, they're like, oh... Don't watch it if you haven't seen the movie. But if you have, watch it now. And then straight away, they're like, I miss him every day. <laughs> it's like a picture yeah. of a person who dies. Who Again, we're going to give you the last chance right now. This is a spoiler <laughs> review. This is, this is it. Your this last is chance. <laughs> well, this is why we don't have listeners. Because we beg them to stop listening for five minutes into the episode. <laughs> Just stop, okay? Just stop listening if you haven't seen it. Because right now, I'm going to tell you the biggest plot hole, twist, not hole, it's a twist ever that finally finally ryan felipe is back and he's teased as the next wolverine yes i'm excited <laughs> finally he's back and renee russo is playing well she's actually in this movie so there's not really a joke there but anyway uh avengers Inc. <laughs> you didn't see it like the rest of the world in the opening weekend you loser uh, <laughs> now you're finally caught up bit- Sorry, I was a little bit busy. <laughs> Let's compare oh, schedules. I had twins to give birth to. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's always an excuse with you. Um, I've talked about this movie already. What did you think of Avengers Endgame, Colin Hilding? Uh, okay, so let me start off by saying I absolutely hated the first hour of the movie. Uh, having said that, everything else after that I absolutely loved. Uh, there was a moment that I swear brought a tear to my eye. Uh, and it Natalie made Portman me... was there, wasn't it? Like Natalie Portman's back. Oh. Like, no, please, stop her scene. But yeah, there there are so many strong moments in this movie, and and overall, you know, I've I've looked back over the Avengers movies. You know, last year when Jamie and I covered the first two before Infinity War came out, and we covered Infinity War last year, and I think I I remember ending that episode saying, you know, I'm hesitant to say that I love this movie. Because I feel like it's half the story. And when we get the second half of the story, I'm sure I'll love this even more. Kind of the opposite. I feel like I love, love, love Endgame. And it's actually made me look back on Infinity War and see it for being kind of pointless. Um, Because this really is not the second part of Infinity War. I mean, outside of the last 10 minutes of Infinity War, I feel like you could watch nothing in Infinity War and still get the gist of this. But overall, I would say it's it's easily the strongest Avengers movie. Probably the only Avengers movie that I'd go uh, outright and say it is a good movie. We watched Infinity War the night before we saw this because I don't think I'd seen it since I saw it at the movies. So, uh, I mean, it's good to remember stuff. <laughs> but, I, I mean, you know, we watched a bunch of the whole, you know, recapping the MCU in 30 minutes clips on YouTube and stuff like that. But it's interesting you mentioned the first hour because I don't know if you listened to our spoiler-free one when it's like Mallory's like, oh, it was so boring the first hour. Um, and yeah, it definitely could have been trimmed a little bit. I mean, this movie goes for like three hours and two minutes and you could probably make the first 
hour so lose to, the whole first hour yeah, lose the whole first hour i just i just want to say this though because like i've been waiting to say this for two weeks and this is my biggest takeaway from endgame is the fact that after you know 20 odd films of people shitting on me because i love ant-man and oh ant-man's so pointless and oh you know who gives a shit about ant-man without fucking ant-man and maybe that rat that's involved near where ant-man is and this whole thing couldn't have happened all right ant-man is the reason why everything gets rescued all right i'm just pointing that out there ant-man is relevant people and if this movie's done anything else, it's proved to us even more how boring Captain Marvel is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we that we said that in our spoiler-free review one. That like, there's like such a pointless person, and it's, it's Captain. Like, what the hell? Like, I mean, we sat through two hours of that movie. We discussed that. Didn't really like it. But we're thinking, okay, well, clearly, you know, they've got to bring her in because she's going to be in such a big role in Endgame. She shows up for five minutes, gets a haircut, and comes back for five minutes, and then she's too busy at the end to do other things. Like, what is the point of her? And not to mention, as far as her dialogue goes in this movie, like, you see the introduction of when she saves Tony in space. Um, then you have the scene that was in the trailer, which I swear that the 30 seconds or whatever they included in the trailer is half of that scene. There's really only one other line in there where she, they're saying like, well, why weren't you here to help? And she's like, well, there's, you know, dozens of other planets that I need to save that don't have Avengers on them. That's all you get from her. That one scene, and then she disappears. And when she does come back, I don't think she even says a word in the final scene. She's just one of the many characters in the final battle. Like, talk about things that could have been cut out of this movie. I'm not saying this to trash Captain Marvel, uh, because I love Brie Larson, and I still have faith that there's, you know, going to be some interesting movies to come with her. But there's no need to have her in this movie at all. If anything, it just makes you sit there and scratch your head and think, why is she not doing more? Like, she could end this a lot quicker if she were involved. Why not end this phase three or whatever it is and start the next phase with Captain Marvel? Because she didn't need to be here. She didn't uh, elevate the movie in any way. And if anything, her presence just kind of made you uh, look at, I guess, look at it as a bit of a plot hole. Why is she there and nothing's happening? Which, considering the whole deal around Captain Marvel is finally Marvel have their first female-led superhero movie the fact that you get stronger and more relevant performance in this movie from black widow and scarlett johansson Mm -hmm. uh, i mean it's 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 just ridiculous like why could they not swap them around like have spider-man far from home before endgame and have captain marvel afterwards Mm -hmm. like kind of do what they did with civil war when we met spider-man and black panther for the first time before we had their solo films because it just it really is ridiculous and again i'm like you i'm not here trying to just shit all over captain marvel i mean yes i didn't enjoy the film but it's it just comes out of this like again as you said like there's just no reason for her being in this in this film Uh, i mean I, I love Natalie Portman, and there's really no reason for her. I mean, she's technically not in it. She's sort of recycled footage and a voiceover that she recorded additionally. But mm-hmm. still, you kind of argue she's more relevant to the plot than Captain yeah. Marvel is. <laughs> like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there are some... In all honesty, when you have this many characters, there's going to be a bit of a letdown that, oh, this person didn't get enough, this person didn't get enough. And... They did such a good job of hiding what this movie was from the public where nobody knew. Everybody suspected this would be Captain Marvel's, 
you know, big showing the, the way that, uh, you know, Captain America was in the first movie or, you know, in Age of Ultron, they, they gave uh, a lot more to Thor in that one uh, or no, sorry, the other way around Thor and Captain uh, America in the second one. But it's just, uh, yeah, uh, there, there are a couple characters. We're going to get into it where I'm very disappointed with what they did with them. Uh, ultimately, what they did was they decided for Endgame, we're going to focus on the original characters. I mean, this is Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. Am I missing anybody in there? Um, no, uh, Rene Russo. No, there we go. And Rene Russo, yeah. So no one's going to get I the Rene Russo jokes because no one's going to hear Terminator Two for, for like months. months. So yeah. <laughs> just, just get it, guys. You'll be laughing your asses off in September. Okay, just you. Yeah, you exactly. Will. There's a teaser for you. <laughs> That's our Rene Russo scene. Rene Russo jokes yeah. coming soon. <laughs> Uh, but like I, I like the idea that they focus on those main characters. You know, obviously the first movie was more about some of those characters that weren't going to be in this. So we had Doctor Strange in the first one. You know, we had more of Star Lord. Here they're just a backseat. I mean, really, the only Guardian who does—I wouldn't even say Rocket has a lot to do in this movie. He's there. They, they give Nebula a bigger role. Yeah. What do you have? You have the original Avengers, and then you throw in Ant Man and Nebula and Rocket, and that's pretty much it. I mean, you look at the poster for this movie. They've got—I don't even know the character's name—but she was, you know, one of the the lead. I wouldn't call her henchmen, but uh, guards or whatever in uh, the the bald woman from Black Panther. Mm. She's on the poster. She appears, I think, in a hologram scene at the beginning <laughs> of the movie, and then is one of the people in the background. Like, and it's not a bad thing. They've they've left you with just the core group for this movie, but. Why throw characters like Captain Marvel in there who just got introduced because it doesn't do any favors? Well, I think we talked a bit about it in Infinity War, and I'm sure you and uh, Jamie talked about it through the other Avengers films. I mean, there's always that balance when it comes to having to showcase all these characters. And what, coming, this is the 23rd Marvel film. uh, And the fact that they do a very good job, I think, in celebrating those previous films. And to try and balance that with all the characters and everything that they've had, uh, I mean, yeah, they definitely do a, a better job with some than others. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. people like Black Panther, I mean, I, I know a lot of them kind of show up for the last battle. That's kind of all they're there for. But, I mean, even then, like, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, you kind of forget they're in this movie. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, look... Although, please, please tell me, as, as somebody else who loved... Like, what did you rank Doctor Strange as your number two movie? As my number two, yeah. Yeah, I ranked it as my number one. So it's probably the two biggest Doctor Strange fans out there. The moment where you see that silhouette of him in the cloak, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, he's going to play a big role. And it's like, hey, do you see the portals? And you're like, oh, Doctor Strange is coming. And then, oh, he blends into the background. Like, oh, that's one of my letdowns. <laughs> he like, holds up his finger big... and points. <laughs> like yeah, one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but I, I think it's... I mean, I also think kind of having, like, we joked in Infinity War, like, where the hell's Airman? Where the hell's Hawkeye? But it's kind of that I thought was a good payoff, that they kind of did oh, yeah. both come back and have a very relevant role to this film. And I mean, Hawkeye, my God's sakes, like, we can joke about how lame he is, but I mean, here he is kind of, you know, hi, everyone, I am actually relevant, which, I mean, could go a long <laughs> way to setting up his own TV show, sure. Um, poor old Jeremy Renner still doesn't get a movie, he just gets a TV show. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I mean, at least Scarlett Johansson gets a movie coming up. But, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, move on. Was that going to work? No, I, it was totally the right decision to hold off on two of your leads for the final movie. Because all of these other characters, they were still main characters in Infinity War. 
And you want to have some things for the audience to get excited about. I mean, it's the same reason why when they do you know, all, all the other Marvel movies, it's like, let's introduce this character in it. You know, let's let's throw the Falcon in there for uh, uh, Captain America movie to get you excited about that. That's kind of goes all the way back to let's throw Nick Fury into an Iron Man movie. And uh, being able to wait for Ant-Man and Hawkeye, it definitely was worthwhile because I, I was more glued to those characters than I was the leads. And I think that's because we're only a year removed from seeing all these other actors and seeing all these other characters in another nearly three hour movie. It was just something fresh. It doesn't really, I mean, with Ant-Man, we kind of understand it, but it doesn't really make you understand their absence from the first movie because between these two battles, like you think, hey, if you're going to show up for a battle, Hawkeye, show up for the first one. <laughs> it can, kind of makes it look a little bit lazy. Um, but but it, again, it was the right choice to leave those characters. And can we also just mention another character that gets a little bit shortchanged in this is Thanos. I mean, he was the big, he was the centerpiece of Infinity War. I wasn't upset with Thanos being shortchanged here. In fact, I found it really compelling the way they introduced him in this movie. And he's beaten down and and a broken Thanos. I don't know what would you call him, a uh, uh, Thanosian or something like that. Um, he's just. <laughs> he's just pathetic. And then he's gone from the movie. And then the way they bring him back in with the whole time travel aspect, where it's like, okay, so the Thanos of today would never do this again, but the Thanos from the past, if he finds out about this, it's just going to make him even more power hungry. Mm. So even though it's such a small presence for him in the movie, that's an example of how you can take limited screen time and you can really make it work in this movie. And it doesn't work with all the characters. Some of the characters, uh, let me just get it out of the way now. What have they done with the Hulk? Like, seriously? <laughs> I, I mean, I was complaining back in Thor Ragnarok that I was upset with them taking the Hulk, which it took them so long. They did the Eric Bann movie. They did the Edward Norton movie. People still weren't happy. They're like, we want the Hulk to be a, a real beast. We want him to just be destroying people and biting their heads off and you know, be, be the monster they wanted. And then Joss Whedon gives us you know, the, the Incredible Hulk in both of his movies, and people are in love with him more than Iron Man or any of these other characters. Like, he is the most popular one coming out of those movies. Thor Ragnarok, they make him dopey comic relief. He's essentially Jar Jar Binks for half the movie. <laughs> and in Infinity War, we get no Hulk at all. We just get Mopey Banner. And here, we get Professor Hulk, which is something that I think they didn't... I never read it, but I'm, I'm familiar with the fact that I think they did this in the comics... Not everything translates well from comics to big screen. This was our last chance to get the Hulk in a big battle. And how are we so shafted to not see a Hulk redemption arc where he gets to fight Thanos again? Because that's how this story started with Infinity War. And instead we get basically green Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> like, oh, I was so upset with that. Especially because this is three movies in a row that the Hulk has just become like completely left on the side. I, I'm just picturing Jar Jar Binks as a Hulk. Like, Misa, smash things! Um, I mean, is this this is basically intelligent Jar Jar Binks. But, I mean, in a way, I kind of disagree with that, because I think I said to, with Mallory that I kind of think they sort of redeemed a little bit of what they'd done with him from Ragnarok, because I think he had a few scenes. What? Well, I think there was definitely some scenes at the end when he's the one with the, the glove that he's putting on to kind of go back and do the snap to save things around. Um, I, I kind of like that balance that they had with him. And he, I think he was a much better character in this movie than at least Ragnarok. I mean, I'd agree with you, Infinity War, but yeah, Ragnarok, he just was... At least in Ragnarok, like, okay, people tune in to see the Hulk. And 
the fact is, yes, the comics do a lot of things, but you want that character everybody's familiar with. You don't want to throw something in there that, you know, a couple hundred people who have read one or two issues are going to be like, oh, that's cool, let alone spend the whole movie doing it. You remember back in the first Avengers where you have him wrestling with being the Hulk, and he hulks out a couple times, and then you have that great moment where he's like, I'm always angry, which people got upset with that line. I think it's an incredible moment, and he just turns into the – he channels it. Have a couple of scenes with him as Professor Hulk. But then have the one moment where he just you know gets filled with the rage at the end, and I did like the moment with him trying on the glove, but that was like halfway through the movie, and then he's just dumped on after that. Even worse, Fat Thor. I mean, well, I was gonna, um, I was gonna say that was my one that I'm I'm angry with because like I I enjoy the original Thor movies. I'm the one, and like Thor's always had that level of comedy about him, but I mean. It's kind of just, they've just gone full Ragnarok now and gone, okay, he's nothing but comic relief. And, like, yeah, Fat yeah. Thor had its moments. Like, I'm not going to say it wasn't funny. It's just like Ragnarok. I don't dislike Ragnarok. It's a funny film. But it's just they've completely changed the character. And I just don't know. Like, it's just, I mean, they're clearly doing this on a path to putting him with the Guardians now. And that's kind of, I guess, the style you have with them. But, yeah, I, I just, I think they've just gone too far with Thor now and just well, made him completely comedy. There was a way to do this, and my nephews were talking about this with me, and uh, I was saying, like, I hated what they did with Thor because it was just – it was dumb comedy. And there's a lot of people online who are upset with this because they're saying it's fat shaming. Um, I'm I'm offended. I'm offended (laughs) as a fat Australian. Um, Does that mean now that I can fully say I look like Chris Hemsworth? Yes, you can almost say that. You're still (laughs) – I mean, even fat – Chris Hemsworth, at least a six or a seven. I mean, you're, you're a four at best, so let's be honest. <laughs> the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> um, but, okay, here's my real issue with it. It does play as funny, but it's wrong for this movie. This movie's very somber, and you do need some light moments in it. The Ant-Man stuff is the perfect tone. It's light enough. The Professor Hulk stuff, the way they introduce him was too comedy-oriented. It was meant to give the audience a bit of a laugh. And then Fat Thor was the same thing. Now, my nephew's like, but he was like that because he was so depressed because, you know, of everything that happened and everything he lost. And I'm like, that would have been a great way to tell the story. They weren't doing that. And and I think that's the intention they had was they wanted to see uh, what would happen to somebody who's basically destroyed the world, lost his own world and destroyed another world. That would have been a great way to go with the character. His first scene should not have been played for laughs then. Mm, Introduce him in the same state. But make him a sad character at the beginning. You could have some fun moments throughout maybe where he's, you know, having trouble doing some crunches or something, trying to get back into shape. But don't int- if you introduce the character as comedy, then the audience thinks you're playing it for laughs. And this would have been great if it, if it was Fat Thor who just was basically become a recluse and an alcoholic because of the grief he went through. They never made that clear in this movie. It was just – it was the wrong introduction. And that was basically the whole first hour, wasn't it? You had – the rescue of Iron Man, and then you had about 30 minutes on the Hulk and, you know, 20 minutes on Thor, and then that that's that's why the first hour doesn't work, in my opinion. One random moment which I'm, I'm questioning. Um, so Ant-Man's daughter is, like, what, about five or six, right? And then five <laughs> years later, she's now about 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and nobody else is aged. Let's yeah. also mention that. <laughs> and how, I mean, how's Far From Home going to work? Like, these kids are in high school. <laughs> oh, okay, let's uh, let's jump to that in a second, okay? Because you do have the moment at the end where Peter's back in high school, which you would guess, okay, it's been five years. 
people who well first of all he hasn't nobody else i don't think has reappeared do they say in the movie if everybody reappears or just the avengers reappear uh, I don't think. I think everybody's supposed I'm to. I'm assuming it's everybody. Yeah, like yeah. It's, okay, except so for like Donald say... Trump. Like I mean, like this. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but let's say everybody reappears. Yeah, there are people who are going to have to go back to high school. His friend Ned's there at the end. That's cool too. We see the trailer for Far From Home. Every single character is got like half the. It was supposed to be half the people. That, that would have almost been something fun to do in Far From Home. Maybe that would have made for. A spoiler because they, they they really were careful, especially filming Far From Home. They didn't want to spoil it, and probably also the the filmmakers in Far From Home weren't going to be aware of everything that happened in this movie, so they had to shoot around that. But why not do Far From Home, where a couple of those kids are now graduated and already passed you know university, and suddenly Peter's you know got friends he knows that have years more knowledge than he has, and there's a complex for him. Uh, it, it is uh, there's uh, continuity is kind of being thrown away here in these movies and i think that's one of the other problems i have with it is that there's no stakes here if a person dies hey just bring them back to life you know i like the idea of this movie one of the reasons i like this one so much more is because we saw a movie that's five years later and we see the consequences of everything that happened this movie sort of undoes everything in the end and all the characters there's the other thing why did nobody die in this movie? They they had something like 67 characters, and I think they've killed three in this entire series. We all thought they killed um, uh, who's the guy Don Cheadle, War Machine, mm. and then he somehow comes back to life just off screen. And now we're left with what? Uh, Vision's gone, maybe. Uh, Black Widow is gone, maybe. And we definitely know that Gamora is not gone because they are, seem to be setting up the searching for her. So many people, this is like the Game of Thrones thing right now, like who's going to survive? Everybody survived, and that's the the Disney-izing of this movie that I didn't like. Some of these characters are not going to go on from here. It wouldn't have been a problem for them to kill somebody other than Robert Downey Jr. Which and we all kind of knew he was going, right? Yeah, like yeah. Him, him and Chris uh, um, Evans, Evans. We, we knew yeah. were both going to at least some form of end, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, there's other there's other characters that you could have just a lot of these side characters could have died. It doesn't have to be the main ones. It just feels like at this point, how are they ever going to move on to new stories when they haven't really set it up to let go of the other characters? Which, yeah, I mean, we know all jokes aside about Jeremy Renner and TV, like we know there's going to be what a Hawkeye TV show it looks. Like there's going to be a Loki TV show. Um, so well, he's not dead. No, well, I mean, I think I liked what they did with Loki because I mean, I, I kind of think we all knew he's not really dead. Like, come on, it's Loki. Yeah. Um, and kind of with that alternate timeline, so they just did enough there. Um, for him to sort of you know be skulking about somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really liked the the Captain America stuff at the end. Uh, I thought that was oh, a, yeah. a really clever way of doing that. Uh, and also giving the shield to uh, Falcon because that that's in the comic book, isn't it? Did, there wasn't there a controversy a few years ago when they made Captain America like a black Captain America. I, I vaguely yeah, remember well, that making the news. Both uh, Bucky and Sam Wilson have become Captain America at some point. Right. So uh, I think most people expected they would have done the Winter Soldier instead, but I think he's got a TV series coming out now or something. But um, I don't know. Do you think they're ever going to go anywhere? I don't think they'll ever. M- 
maybe they did that because they want Marvel has very limited options when it comes to black superheroes now with the success of Black Panther. Mm. So maybe they will do that. But I would much rather see a Falcon movie than see him as Captain America, because I think to all the audience, Captain America is Chris Evans. And I don't think you can replace that. I'd agree, because I think while I see the whole idea of Captain America being more than just, like, one person because of the abilities there, I, yeah, I think I would have liked to see a Falcon one, too, because there's some of these characters that, you know, for, for over a decade, if, it's great that Black Widow's finally getting her own movie. Like, I mean, all jokes aside, I'd, I'd gladly go watch a Hawkeye movie, you know, a, mm-hmm. a Falcon movie, you know, a War Machine movie. Like, I don't know, I just think there would be, there's interest there for some of these characters uh, to go out there and have them. Um but I also think kind of like going on your thing about, you know, not really getting rid of characters. I, I think kind of that's just Disney's way, like five years time when we catch up to this timeline, um, you know, and we're in real world time. Like there's there's options. I mean, you're going to have a random movie in the future where they're going to be back in the past or something. And, oh, look, there's Robert Downey Jr. having a cameo just as yeah. a moment. And same with Chris Evans. Like they, they it's all these things that they kind of have the options of doing. And I don't doubt for one moment that Robert Downey Jr. is going to appear in another one of these in the future. Same with Chris oh, Evans. Yeah. You know, absolutely they will. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, look, the death of Iron Man, the death of Black Widow, they were the, the main ones, I, I guess. I, I, I think that they could have, I agree with you, I think they could have killed some more off. Um, yeah. Who, who though? Who would you have liked to have seen permanently, like, the Hulk? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, the Hulk, I don't think you could ever kill off the Hulk completely. It would be too complex of its own uh, to, to actually do that in one movie. But like, we already know that, you know, uh, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy is already starting to get too big. Do people need to see Drax in another movie? You know, mm. the, the Guardians of the Galaxy is a group. I mean, even the rebooted comic that this is based on started out with something like nine members. So uh, you could lose one or two there. Some of these side characters. Let's kill Natalie Portman. Let's just do it, please. <laughs> um, Which I mean, that was that was why... that was weird. That like even as a huge Natalie Portman fan, I think because like I was one of those people when she appeared at the premiere, I was like, what the fuck? Like you hate the Marvel movies. Yeah. You've like gone against them, and it's kind of like yeah, she's there. But then even watching the scene, like you kind of like that's not that can't be new footage because like she's not like why would she film a scene where she gets out of bed and not interact and not have anything else? So. To, yeah, to read that it was just a recycled scene from Dark World and she just the only thing new she did was dub over some sort of voice or something like that. So And she got a full on credit at the end of the movie. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's other characters here, like why do we need somebody like John Favreau in mm. these movies? I mean, is it just because of Spider Man? You don't have to kill off a beloved character, but when when you have Tony Stark's death at the end, they have the kid from Iron Man three appear, who's now a teenager. Which we were all <laughs> going, know? who the fuck is that? That was a Google moment yeah, exactly. at the end of the you movie. Had to Google it at the end. And it's the same actor. Uh, like that's the little shit kid yeah. from Jurassic World. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Up. But here's the other problem: is that you're left with all the characters that have been around forever, uh, or you have a lot of these new characters, and a lot of the new ones you could have killed off. They're definitely going to be jumping on the bandwagon with more black superheroes, so you're not going to be able to kill off War Machine now. You're not going to be able to kill off Falcon. Uh, I'm not saying you're not going to be able to, oh, you can't do that. Ooh, everybody's you know uh, all up in arms because you need black superheroes. I'm just simply saying, why would they? They're seeing money right now with Black Panther. Keep those characters around. I, although I doubt anybody's dying to see the, the War Machine movie. Um, I'd, 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 same I'd thing pay with- to see Don Cheadle. Come on now. 
oh, I love Don Cheadle, but like, do we want to see 50 year old Don Cheadle when yes, we've already turned I down 50 year old? Okay, fine, I'm wrong there. <laughs> It'll like, make at least lots $15 at the box office, all right? <laughs> but like, kill off one or two of the Black Panther characters. And then you have something to start the next Black Panther movie on, you know? I, I I don't want to be too negative. I'm kind of just getting all the negative stuff out of the way first. This is the way we do these, unless it's The Last Jedi, in which we don't have much positive to say. Uh, <laughs> but last negative thing I really want to comment on is, in a way, the ending. Now, the final battle that comes down to Iron Man and Thanos, for one, I think I've been saying on all these Marvel episodes, I'm sort of over Tony Stark. He doesn't need to be the star and the hero of all of these movies. But yes, you needed to write him out of this movie. And it was such a great moment to have, who was the guy that kicked this off? What was his final line of his first movie? The I am Iron Man line. Mm. Let's use that when he's like, I'm inevitable. No, I am Iron Man. Great way for him to die. But it's the way that he gets the gauntlet and defeats Thanos because we've had this build up for two movies now, and we've been had to have that conversation with Doctor Strange just before this happened. We go something like 144 million uh, alternate realities that he's viewed, and only one works. And what is the one out of 144 million? Very sneakily snatch the glove off of his hand when he's not looking. Like, <laughs> could we not have had something more epic than that? And they're like, they had, they had to wait five years. They had to go back in time. They had to do all this. Yeah. But, I mean, there's, there's lots of... I, I highly recommend people watching a lot of these YouTube uh, reviews and sort of um, theories and kind of things where they're, they're picking apart, like, plot holes. Because, you know, there's all the ones of, like, they've got time travel and they all of a sudden realize, hey, we can go back to the 70s to get some more of these PIMS particles. Couldn't they just done that in the fucking first place? And we've only got one each. Yeah. It's like, well, dude, <laughs> yeah. like, we, we've got a time machine. Let's just go back and get them. <laughs> like, um, but, yeah, it's, it's crazy to just think some of that. But I, I think... The, any movie involving time travel is always going to involve a million and one questions. And I do kind of like the way they do the time travel in this movie. And then the references they have to other time travel movies is really, really clever. And I think the, and also just the way they do sort of the throwbacks to those films. uh, And they go back to, you know, we revisit like the stuff around the first Avenger stuff is fantastic. Oh yeah, um, I love that. Like the Captain America versus Captain America battle is great, <laughs> um, and just so much stuff. And the seventies stuff. Oh, the seventies stuff is brilliant. We get to see uh, what John Slattery's uh, Howard Stark. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's great. Between him and Tony, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, our last, I, I think I said to Mallory, the last ever Stan Lee cameo is a bit shit but i guess they didn't know he was gonna die did they so like no <laughs> it's not it's not like a, a um a desmond Luella moment from uh world's not enough where i mean yeah. okay they didn't know he's gonna die either but i think they kind of knew that was his <laughs> last one anyway but um i mean yeah and like other stuff that i think um i'm just trying to think of positive stuff to talk about that's more of a spoiler i didn't really i someone who doesn't read the comics i didn't get the whole fanboy moment over captain america holding thor's hammer but i mean that was a pretty cool moment when he started using that um well it's it, it's going back to like um what was the second movie age of ultron where it's like only somebody who's really worthy of it can hold it and i think to me i just played i don't know if it was something that was in the comics but that just played to me like this proves that Captain America is worthy of this hammer. Like he's one of the few chosen in the universe where the hammer is like, you know what? You can hold me, <laughs> hold me tight, big man. <laughs> and that's where Jamie watched the movie. Um, 
yeah, and I, again, I definitely recommend because I should have come in here with them all listed. But I mean, again, there's so many to list. But a lot of YouTube clips and articles that are out there, you know, detailing all the Easter eggs, kind of the references, like really subtle references to previous films that just are really well done that they've managed to kind of fit these in and even also some nods to, to comics as well. So I think that's one thing to really give this credit, this film credit for is that it really does pay a lot of fan service to so many things. And and mm. this is a weird sort of comparison, not really, but I think this is where Star Wars might be able to take some credit from this because, you know, they seem to go out of their, their way in these Disney movies to try and quote pay fan service. But they then go and fuck things up further and, like, don't really think what they're doing with it. Whereas at least here, yeah, they've only had 12 years to kind of, you know, go from one end to the other of this phase of the Marvel films compared to, what, 40, 50 years of Star Wars films. But it's just it's just so neatly packed with some of these references and everything, which I just think is very clever. And if you're going to pay that fan service to people, you can still do it very subtly, very small, and then still make a pretty darn good film out of it and not pull a Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, well, I do have a couple other little plot hole things I want to talk about really quickly. <laughs> uh, when they're sending everybody back in time, they divide up into their teams on their mission. One involves going to another planet and basically having to get past the Red Skull for the stone that was hardest of all for Thanos himself to get. Mm-hmm. So they're like, let's send the two mortals who have no powers whatsoever and have never even been in a spaceship. <laughs> and what happens you if only one person went back? to that one? Who do they kill that they love? Like it's and yeah. since when do Hawkeye and Black Widow love each other? Or is that I like mean, a they, friendship? They tease that a little bit. I think they they tease in the first movie as if there was a relationship, and then they made it clear in the second movie when he's married that it's more of a friendship. Um, along the lines of Hawkeye, let's also mention when everybody comes back it takes about 10 seconds for his wife to place a phone call to him because she still has cell service five years later like they haven't canceled her plan <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> at&t where after two years yeah. we'll still keep your service running because we're that type of company <laughs> um a couple of things i, I wanted to mention that i loved i mean everything with captain america i feel like each time they make one of these movies somehow they find a way to make Captain America even better. Uh, not just through the Captain America movies, but even in the Avengers movie. I'm like, everybody loved the bearded Chris Evans in the last one. Here, he's he's not really... They, they've evolved the character so much where he doesn't feel like weak little Steve Rogers anymore. He feels like a completely new character. I mean, he's tougher in this one. He's more jaded, but he's he's still the Boy Scout in some ways. And... When it ultimately comes down to the battle between him and Thanos, I mean, I nearly screamed. Like, I was, when the shield was getting cracked in half, and just, just seeing Captain America, who, of all of these characters, you know, as a kid growing up, it was basically Spider-Man and Captain America for me. Those are my two favorites. And every time I get to see Captain America do something incredible, and big, I thought that it had reached its peak in the first Avengers, where he just sort of said, you go here, you go here, and you, Hulk, smash. Like, that was like, oh, he's taking charge, he's the leader. Because in the Avengers group, Iron Man's not the leader. It always was Captain America who's the leader. And to get to see him get the biggest moment, yes, Tony Stark gets the final moment, but Captain America is the one who gets to shine in this battle, both with the hammer, the fight with Thanos, the shield. It was just incredible. And the greatest moment I've seen in any Marvel movie, and... Probably up there is one of the greatest movements in any superhero movie I've ever seen. When they're all beaten down and 
the portals start to appear and then everybody comes out and then you get the music kicking in like that Avengers theme and Chris Evans goes Avengers assemble mm. that was the moment where I'm not joking a small tear came to my eye I'm like this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen <laughs> it's just incredible not I Jamie's it. not listening to this bit right now or yeah. your, your children <laughs> we, had, we just gave birth to two twins and I'm like oh Captain America's in Avengers assemble they all came you've got like all these people during messaging you like, oh you must be so happy you know you, 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 Jamie's given birth to two sons and like was that the best moment of your week no it's when Captain America's in Avengers assemble <laughs> it's so true though I thought I thought you were about to say like the tear to my eye was when all the women superheroes just conveniently all stood next to each other all at one moment See, <laughs> I missed that and I'm not saying I blinked and it was gone but it's like I mean, you you and I have talked about this a little bit when we did, like, the Wonder Woman episode and Black Panther. Different parts of the world, it's different. Like, seeing a black superhero here is not a big deal because if you watch Canadian TV, I mean, it's it's basically divided. You have characters – you have Korean TV shows on Canada. Like, I'm not talking in Korean, but network TV shows led by an all-Korean cast or an all-black cast or this and that. And same thing with, like, you know, female characters – that shot it wasn't until I, I read stuff on the internet afterwards where i'm like oh that was a thing i just saw a bunch of characters on screen at one time I, look i think it was noticeable that it was all the female ones but i don't think it's like a it's not it, well, the just a girl moment like, from captain marvel <laughs> like yeah it's exactly like, hey everyone look a woman's it, it fighting was, like you know yeah it was subtle this is what we need more of we need subtlety yeah yeah exactly exactly now um go ahead go ahead oh i, I was just gonna say do we want to talk about the big death in this movie uh, Iron Man? <laughs> no, other the, the the other big death. <laughs> Black Widow? The Black Widow one. Natalie Portman? No, um, I don't no. know where I was going with that. Um, I think, look, it, it, I think the shocking thing about it was that we all knew that she's getting her own movie. So I yeah. think maybe that's where it comes from, where it's like, uh, hang on a minute, she's getting her own movie. That makes no sense. Yeah. Um. So, but, like, you know, they're talking about it being in the past and kind of, you know, more of that. But then you think, like, well, what the hell's the point? Like, why do we need a origin story of her in the past if it's just going to be a solo film not being connected to all of them? So, yeah. I've, I've got to feel there's... They know what they're doing. So, I feel like, is she dead? Probably. And it's kind of like Superman dying at the end of Batman vs. Superman. Like, we all knew he's not dead. He's, you know, yeah. got Justice League to come. Well... The reason I think that it doesn't work because that was the other. There were two, two other things my nephews were asking me about. One because I think they've listened to our show. Uh, they're like, "Do you care about Hawkeye now?" And I'm like, <laughs> "No, not really." I'm like, "I like him in this movie, but I still don't care." It's Jeremy right? Renner, like, it just it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it's never going to be. Oh wow, amazing! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel the same way with Black Widow. I mean, they nobody says that Hawkeye or Black Widow are their favorite Avengers. They're good for what they are. But when you look back on those original characters, you're thinking about the ones who had the solo films. Um, Black Widow's been in a lot more than that. I mean, she was in an Iron Man movie. She was in two Captain America movies. But it's not because of a lack of appreciating the character. I think the wrong one of those two characters died, to be honest. And yeah, I agree. Let's be honest. Jeremy Renner, I mean, he, he's getting a little bit old to be a superhero, especially if you're doing a TV series. I'm, I'm very doubtful that that one's going to happen just because of his age. Because I remember Jeremy Renner talking around the time that he did Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. This was, what, like eight years now. Eight years ago, 
the original idea was that he was being brought in to take over for the franchise because Tom Cruise was potentially going to step down if you know the movie was not received well. And Jeremy Renner, after it came out, and everybody's like, well, we want Tom Cruise back. Jeremy Renner was like, great, I'm not feeling like I want to be doing these crazy stunts. I'm, I'm getting old. That was eight years ago. I don't feel like we're going to get a franchise or five seasons out of Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. The second thing being, because we knew, like you said, that there's going to be a Black Widow movie, even if you thought this character is going to be gone for good, it's not going to have any emotional impact because you're like, well, I'll still see her again. Yeah. And at the same time, any death during this movie, you know that their entire goal is to bring everybody back. So do you really feel for anybody dying at the beginning of the movie or the the middle of the movie if the entire purpose of this whole two-story you know, deal they got going here is we're trying to bring people back? It was more just a head scratcher at the end when she didn't come back. And you're like, well, wait, why wouldn't she come back? And we know that it'll have to be a prequel because the Russo brothers uh, did an interview this past week where they talked about the Black Widow death. And they specifically said, no, on that planet, if you die, you die. It's like no timelines or anything like that matter. If you sacrifice yourself, you're gone. Does that not also mean that Gamora should be gone then? Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, and but I mean, I think, yeah, the thing I was going to say is that at least with them introducing this time travel that we know there is some form where these characters can still exist with mm. these multiple timelines and everything. So, yeah, and I agree. I think it should have been Hawkeye that should have been killed off. And again, it's nothing against the Hawkeye character. I just think it would have the had audience more weight. W- because the audience wouldn't have been expecting it. Well, they're, I don't think they were expecting either of these to necessarily die. Mm. But... Uh, I, I guess it would kind of be the opposite. <laughs> Not that they are expecting it, but nobody is sitting there saying, oh, gee, that Jeremy Renner TV show is going to be happening, so we know he's not dead. But it just has people confused with the Black Widow death now because there is so many people saying, well, is she really dead because this movie's coming? Nobody's saying, is she really dead because everybody else came back? They're like, well, she's got the movie. And the Iron Man death, the reason that was so powerful is because everybody kind of knew he was going to be stepping down. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. has been talking about stepping down for five or six years now and when he dies people there was sort of a finality with it you knew that that was it and i don't feel like you get that with any of the other deaths in here it's kind of like you sort of knew it was going to be han solo who died in the force awakens yeah it's like harrison Ford. oh here we go again um one one quick thought actually before i just probably ask a couple of just one concluding thing and we can go into the the final moments is with the captain marvel stuff we could. How about if we didn't have the Captain Marvel film, even if we didn't have a teaser at the end of Infinity War, how much more epic would have that moment been when she just showed up at the end to save the day? Because then you would have oh, been yeah. like, who's that? Oh, my God, it's Captain Marvel. Like, holy crap, this is amazing. Yeah. And then have the solo film. It's kind of like the moment in Civil War when you see the shield get taken away and there's Spider-Man. Like, that scene yeah, is like, yeah, exactly. we'd, we'd met Tom Holland, but, you know, if you didn't know who he was at that point. So that was epic. Like... This is, yeah, that I'm just thinking that right now. Like, I was like, that would be such an epic moment. Because then you'd be like, fuck, this chick's awesome. Like, I want to see a movie with her. And instead, we've sat through two hours of crap. <laughs> and she's gone off and well, watched Netflix or something for a couple of years <laughs> while the world crumbles. And people are going to say, well, how else would they have rescued Iron Man from space? I don't know. Any of the dozens of characters that are floating around space right now from the Guardians or Thor movies, like you could have had Sylvester Stallone, his cameo character, 
from the last Guardians movie show up and be like, hey, I'm mad I'm gonna take you back to Earth. Tony. Anybody, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Michael Rooker. There's one of our favorites. We he could have popped back up again. Uh, As Mary know, Poppins. Yeah, exactly. Princess uh, Leia. It's just it didn't need to be Captain Marvel. And introducing her like that early in the movie, giving her one or two prominent scenes, and then to have her just blink and you miss it at the end, just take that extra screen time, give her a short battle at the end, and then, you know, be done with it. Make everybody lose their collective shit and have, like, Ray and Finn save Iron Man yeah. and realize that Star Wars <laughs> and the MCU are connected so that in five oh, years' yeah. time we can have Disney versus MCU and make like a billion dollars in its opening weekend. <laughs> like, come on. Um, just oh, so I got. I, sorry, I got one more complaint in here. Go for it. Who who asked to see Gwyneth Paltrow back in an Iron Man costume? Come on. That was confusing. I think because I, it's been Ugh. a while since I've seen Iron Man three, and I'm like, huh? And I'm like, oh, I remember. <laughs> but I, I, one, one thing out of those the last bit though, I was glad that we got a bit of Evangeline Lilly in this film. I'm glad the Wasp makes an appearance. Yeah. So you know, good for and that. Michael Douglas, young Michael Douglas, and that and that that scene at the end, the funeral scene. Like, um, I think Mallory cried twice. Um, but All like, right. I just I did love that last scene though, just the way they panned across everybody's faces, like as they did mm-hmm. have the to- proof Tony Stark does have a heart. Like that was pretty cool. Um, just, we always seem to be able to bring this up in conversation now. Uh, Black Panther got nominated for an Oscar. Uh, do you think this has any chance? Um, I think it's a better film than Black Panther, so I would say yes, but I mean, what do I know? I think (laughs) if you're going to nominate one, you should, but I feel like there was a lot of criticism for Black Panther getting nominated last year from people saying there are better superhero movies that they might actually shy away from giving another superhero movie a nomination. So I would doubt it. It's going to get a ton of technical nominations. I mean, nobody in this is going to be nominated for acting. So I'd, I'd be surprised if it does, although it is a better movie than Black Panther. So you don't think it's going to get, like, the last last King or King, whatever the fuck, the last Lord of the Rings Return movie? Return of the King. Thank you. No, <laughs> I mean, the difference there being that they, they chose to nominate the first two Lord of the Rings movies as well. Mm. And so you always get that argument of, well, they, they should nominate this, you know, I think we talked about this uh, last year even, nominate this kind of in honor of the whole franchise. Well, that's not what it's supposed to be with the best movie of the year. And in a way, I feel like this being the culmination of 21 other movies before it, even if this were a best picture worthy movie, can you really put it on the same level with a movie that can wow you on one viewing? And this Mm -hmm. is what, 50 hours that you watch before you even get to this one? I'd be opposed to something like this getting nominated for best picture. That's a good point. Uh, and just quickly moving forward, uh, I mean, this is probably a whole other episode in itself we can talk about, but I mean, I guess we've got Far From Home coming out in a couple of months, which the trailer's dropped. It looks good. Uh, we're Spider-Man fans. Go back and listen to all our Spider-Man ones from a couple of years ago. Um, but I think kind of outside of that, we've only really got, what, Black Widow, Guardians 3 uh, has been officially announced. I mean, they're all going about Doctor doing Strange it. Doctor Strange 2. Doctor Strange 2, Captain Marvel 2, uh, Black Panther 2 are all about being confirmed. And there's a lot of um, sort of these new ones. There's uh, their first Asian superhero. I can't remember what yeah. um, that one's called. Um, and also uh, whispers about Ant-Man 3. I'd be happy for that. Um, sort of, and the talks that Guardians 3 is going to be as Guardians of the Galaxy, which is kind of fun. Do you have any hope for, like, out there? I mean, I know you're a bit more of a comic book 
fan in terms of knowing a lot more of these characters? Is there anyone that you feel we haven't never seen that would be great? And also, we should really mention, too, Disney Fox now. So, obviously, the yeah. chances of having X-Men Fantastic Four in this universe, too, as well. Yeah, I... I'd be surprised if the Black Widow movie actually became a thing, and I'd also be surprised if Ant-Man 2 came out. Three. Because I feel like... Uh, three, yeah, sorry. Um, for the In the case of the Black Widow, it is because they've been talking about this forever. I'd see that being something that they might release to the Disney streaming service. I don't know if they'd do it theatrically. Because uh, they've only announced two to maybe three movies a year. I mean, if you're looking at even just the franchises that are continuing... Uh, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange. You got four guaranteed sequels right there. There's only so many extra spots. Um, I don't think they're really going to go the route of spinoffs. I also don't think we're going to see Thor in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Because uh, I actually I would have thought that originally, but then I read you know um, some uh, stories online, people talking about the fact that James Gunn, prefers to keep the guardians movies very separate from the other marvel movies he doesn't like the whole cross it's not these opposed to the crossovers but he's like in these movies i like it to just be them i think thor may make a cameo but i doubt he'll be a star because that'll also take attention off everybody else uh there's a character that i'm sure is going to be popping up in the guardians of the galaxy movie called nova and that's one that i'd love to see a spin-off of uh outside of that i mean it's going to be X-Men and Fantastic Four, and I feel like those are going to fill those extra spots. And maybe some of these TV series they canceled, because they're running out of major characters. You're not going to... The reason Captain Marvel had the impact it did financially is because of great promotion of them convincing the world there had never been a female superhero before, even though there had been a half dozen or more. (laughs) Uh, It was just the first time Marvel hadn't done one. Same thing with Black Panther. They're like, well... You know, they've never been a black superhero before. Well, except for Blade, who was the biggest <laughs> deal before there was ever X-Men or Spider-Man or anything else. Uh, I think that those TV ones from Netflix that they canceled, particularly Daredevil, mm. you're running out of the main characters. You're down to C-level characters that are getting their own standalone movies. You need things like X-Men and Fantastic Four now that you're not going to have Iron Man. You're not going to have Captain America. You're probably never going to have Hulk. Daredevil especially, I think, is pretty likely we're going to see a new rebooted version of Daredevil as a movie. That'd be good. They don't seem to really talk about that one too much, actually. But I, I did read an interview with the Russo brothers. Who Can I just point out, are they, rela- are they related to Renee? This is like their long lost... Oh, let's film. hope so. <laughs> um, they said in an interview, like, obviously they said they're done. They're not doing any more of these. But uh, one of them was saying, with the prospect of possibly doing something on um, Doctor Doom, that he would be very interested in doing... Oh, yeah because he's a big fan of uh, Dr. Doom. And I, I argue that Julian McMahon should be brought back. Come on. Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, look, I think... And one of the things that I was excited reading a Hugh Jackman interview that, you know, he said, I'm done with Wolverine, but he did say that he would, he could be tempted if it was included in the MCU, which would be pretty exciting. So, um, well, I, I bought this movie. I'm guessing you're going to be buying it too? Or am I oh, preempting yeah, that? absolutely. No, absolutely. Can you see what I did to Infinity War? You, with Infinity War, rented it. Yeah, and you know what? I'll stick with that, because I did say at the end of that I would wait to... I figured I would buy it, but I, I'll rewatch the movie, but I highly doubt that this is going to make Infinity War any better. I actually think this will make Infinity War just feel like, come on, just get to the good stuff already. <laughs> but this one, absolutely a buy. 
I don't know why I just heard that in an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Come on, get to the good stuff already. <laughs> get to the good stuff. Uh, but in terms of um, us, in terms of movies, moving forward, um, given we've got a bit of a break, I think you haven't heard really any of our full recaps. You've got John Wicks that have just coming out. We had the first one this week, and then uh, part two, I'm guessing, is coming out uh, during the week as well. Um, yeah, just then... be warned, um, we have yet to record it, and you will probably be hearing babies crying at some point in the middle of the episode. When I think John Wick, I think of crying babies. It's all good. <laughs> uh, full recaps in uh, about a month and a bit. Uh, we've got our Disney live action ones, and then in a few months, Terminator. But outside, and then Star Wars, of course, outside of that with uh, reviews, it's actually quite a busy few weeks coming up. Uh, you've got John Wick to look at. Uh, Mallory and I are going to go see Detective Pikachu. I don't know if you're uh, on the bandwagon of going to see that. But then at the end of this month, too, it gets quite busy. We've got Aladdin. We've got Godzilla 2. We've got Rocket Man. Oh. Uh, so there's a few coming out. I mean, outside of those, is there any ones that you're planning on seeing as well? Uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll eventually see Rocket Man. I really want to see Godzilla, even though I very much disliked the first Godzilla movie because I loved Kong Skull Island. And I know that this is going to lead directly into Godzilla vs. Kong. Which, hopefully, we might do that month next year. Teaser oh, we alert. have to. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm weirdly looking forward now to Detective Pikachu because I've, I've heard some good reviews about it, even though I was kind of very indifferent about seeing it, given that it looked like it was going to destroy my childhood. But that's going to be the theme of this year when Sonic comes out, too, which... Um, yeah, we'll find out how we feel about that. But stay tuned to the Oz Network. We've got plenty of those still to come. And, of course, our TV coverage, Third Watch. Uh, we have random... Well, we don't really have random rewatches. They're coming back again eventually. Uh, lost, sporadic, but it's there. Blame Noah. Um, and I guess good news for Survivor fans, sort of, is that I'm catching up slowly now. So um, hopefully we might be able to bring back some full-time Survivor coverage, at least for Season 39 moving onwards. But uh, we'll see how we feel. And The Amazing Race too. there's coverage of that, which, I mean, let's be honest, I'm, I'm zoning out because the Survivor teams suck. Um, <laughs> so just putting it out there. But keep tuned. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to all of our um, podcast on our <laughs> relevant <laughs> stitches and things like that and leave us a review we um we would love to hear what you think of the show and if you leave us a review it helps us get spread out there a little bit more on these channels too and that helps us out greatly got some good stuff coming and we're very excited to keep pumping out the content here on the oz network my name is ben and i think you look great colin as far as i'm concerned that's canada's ass <laughs> And my name is Colin, and it took 144 million possible lines for Ben to eventually land on that one. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.